maravilloso. I would like to take this opportunity, first of all, to thank the Almighty God for giving me this great opportunity for me to be able to stand up here this morning and to be delivering God's word to the church. And I'm praying that the word that I speak this morning will be a source of blessing to all of you that are here this beautiful Sunday morning. Secondly, I would like to say thank you also to the leadership of this church for trusting me and um, believing in me <laughs> uh, that I can um, be standing up here in the front. It's not always easy as a pastor. I'm a pastor. You know, it's not always easy just to give the pulpit to somebody um, and just to, you know, to, to come and just to share uh, with the congregation. Yeah, but I, I believe it's all because of these years of partnership and uh, working together. Um, connecting together in the same purpose in the work of the kingdom of God that we have developed a relationship that we can be able to trust one another. Yes, yeah, so thank you so much, um, leadership, uh, for giving me this great opportunity. And it's not easy for me also, especially seeing uh, one of my brother, uh, Luke, being farewell today. And I uh, just want to say thank you, brother Luke, for the time that we've been together, knowing each other also. You have been a blessing. Yeah, to me and uh, also to the Solomon Islands. And um, yeah, while you leave the church this morning, I, I believe that God has something better for you. God is going to open the door for you. And uh, it's, you know, it's a blessing to hear that you've touched so many lives. And uh, that's exactly what we are here for. As light and as salt, we are to be you know, a blessing uh, to people. And I just want to, you know, I pray that uh, as you and uh, Emmy venture into where, where God is leading you, that you'll be a source of blessing. You'll touch many more lives as you did to the community, to the church in Durham and to the community here in Durham. Yeah, so we are here uh, for the Australian Nationals. And um, I remember I was asked uh, by uh, my brother, Pastor Brian, you know, to write a report, uh, you know, just a short report of our arrival uh, to this lady, Emma, from the Capital Football and part of what I said is it's not easy to step into in the Australian soil and play while families are suffering for the loss of their loved ones and properties from the bushfire. Because all we see now, back at home, the television, is about the bushfire that is happening all over Australia. And um, yeah, our one week, we had actually, we had our one week camp before we uh, depart. Um, on Friday, uh, in our one-week camp prior to our departure, uh, we have been praying, and um, we are praying for rain, and we also pray for God's divine in intervention for this very devastating uh, situation, as we all understand that a lot of pop properties have been devastated, and lives uh, lost, and uh, yeah, the environment, even the animals died, and it's sad to say that. But we've been praying for God's divine intervention for this yeah, very devastating situation that Australia is going through right now. Um, I believe that Australia is really in desperate need uh, for rain or water to quench, I mean to distinguish uh, this bushfire in different parts of yeah, the country. Uh, this morning I will be talking from drinking from the water of life as we've heard our reading this morning about this lady, Samaritan woman 
and uh, yeah, who had this encounter with Jesus Christ. So get back to what I'm saying is I believe that Australia is in desperate need of rain. We came and uh, I saw in the news firefighters from some other countries actually came into the country to support the firefighters who have been working tirelessly to try to bring down the, the fire or from getting this fire spread out into other new territories or new places. As I look at the bushfires, and man, Australia is so dry. The land is so dry. Even I walked yesterday, the boys were so surprised by just by looking at the trees. Your trees are so dry compared to our trees back at home. Yeah, your trees are so dry. You know, the land, okay, uh, is so dry, and the opportunity for bushfire is so high. And I was thinking, as I was thinking of the bushfire and the dryness on the land, God gave me this thought. The dryness in the land is a physical demonstration. Yeah, the dryness yeah, in the land is a physical demonstration of dryness in the spirit to many, many people in Australia. Okay, so the dryness, God gave me this thought. Okay, the dryness in the land, the dryness in the environment is a physical demonstration of dryness in the spirit to many, many people. I come to understand one thing, that the spirit controls the physical. What I mean is this, you know, what is true in the spirit will be manifested in the physical. What is true in the spirit will always be manifested in the physical. For example, when God cursed man, the land was also cursed. Okay, so God cursed man, and as we all understand, after the fall, Okay, the land was also cursed. So, you know, it will also affect the land. But in fact, you know, we all came from here, yeah, the ground, from the earth. So there's a connection between man and the land. So this is why I'm saying, okay, you know, the spirit, whatever is the reality of this spiritual um, condition will always be manifested here yeah, in the physical. As much as we need water and rain to quench the bushfire, I believe that people also need the living water to quench their spiritual thirst and dryness. We desperately need yeah, rain. We desperately need water to quench the bushfires. So I believe okay, that people yeah, also desperately need the spiritual or the living water to quench the spiritual thirst and dryness that yeah, we have. Today I want to talk about how yeah, our spiritual dryness and thirst can be quenched. Praise the Lord. Thank the Lord for this woman who met Jesus on that yeah, a well in Sychar. And she was a dry woman. She was a thirsty woman. Yeah, and her dryness and her thirst was quenched the moment she had this encounter with Jesus Christ. I had my personal encounter, some of you okay, might have heard of my testimony, but I just want to, for the sake of those who are here this morning, I had my personal encounter with Jesus when I was 19 years old, okay, being exposed early yeah, to violence, gangs, drugs, alcohol, kava, you name it, was the result of coming from a broken family. But I remember myself in tears during the seminar where a friend of mine actually invited me to attend. Because for the first time, I was able to see myself as a sinner through God's word. 
I see myself dry, about to burn or maybe already burning, in need of water, in need of eternal water. I was in tears. I remember when I was 19 years old in this hall that I gave my life to Jesus. Oh, I had this encounter with, this, with Jesus Christ. To cut the story short, I came out of that two-week seminar being transformed. No more drugs, no more alcohol. My chains were broken. My addiction were all gone. I was changed. I was transformed and become a new person. After the seminar, okay, I returned back to my village after a month. Can you believe it or not? Okay, this is what I did. I remember. Okay, after the seminar, I returned back here to my village after a month because I went around the island sharing the gospel across every villages. Just like this woman, after she met Jesus, she went and talked about Jesus Christ. Come and see. Yes, so she went. There was a passion. And this is what I like about encounter. Encounter gives birth to passion. Passion for the lost. When you have your personal encounter with Jesus Christ, you will always have a passion here for others. You saw the water that I drank from Jesus turns to a river that is just flowing out of me even now. It's just flowing even in the Solomon Island. That water turns into a river. Amen? Yeah, so this is the beauty about having an encounter. It's not only drinking that water, but that water will turn, okay, into a river. Well, in my ministry in the Solomon Islands, I came across many people transformed just because they had encounter with Jesus or because they drink from the river of life, okay? I'm not going to tell the whole, so, so many stories, but I just remember this woman, okay? This woman here who came to me and said, Pastor, I don't want you to live with bitterness and unforgiveness for the rest of my life. She came through so much in her life and she says, I don't want to live with unforgiveness and bitterness for the rest of my life. I'll tell you what, friends, the moment, yes, she had her encounter with Jesus Christ, the moment she drank from the, okay, the river, from, from the word of life, yeah, this woman was actually able to give her forgiveness to those who offended her. Okay, there was a big transformation that happened yeah, in this woman's life. Now, just recently, I was invited uh, during Christmas to this uh, resort yeah, in uh, Tawanipubum. Um, I've been in Solomon Island uh, for 20 years now. But the most beautiful part of Solomon Island, yeah, uh, it's uh, in, uh, yeah, uh, in Guadalcanal, but there's a resort, resort called Tabanipo Resort. The manager of the resort actually asked me and invited me and my family yeah, to go and um, yeah, spend time at the resort. And uh, she wanted me to dedicate the island and she wanted me to pray and dedicate her stuff. And uh, she also wanted me to, to share the gospel um, right at the Christmas uh, luncheon when the tourists were there. And, um, you know, <laughs> and uh, she prepared this beautiful uh, luncheon and uh, said, it's time for you to speak. <laughs> so I thought to myself, man, some of these tourists will say, man, I pay so much not to come in, listen to the gospel. But anyway, none of them said, but they all enjoyed. Okay? They all enjoyed, especially, I just talk about simple things about the purpose of Christmas. So, yeah. But anyway, after the second day of my preaching, two people came. I mean, they walked up, and uh, they were delivered. Yeah, uh, they had an encounter. Um, yeah, they gave their life to Jesus Christ, and um, he prayed for them, and they were delivered. One, 
a man actually during full moon, during full moon, this is, you know, his habit. Take off his clothes and just walk about naked on the beach. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, this, this man, yeah, that's, that's a big problem during full moon. <laughs> full moon, when it's full moon. Make sure don't go to the place when it's full moon. But anyway, I'll be, it's been delivered, okay? Yeah, um, and the other woman, okay, have this spirit of lust. She works in the hotel, in the resort. But she told me that, you know, she can't say no to any man that approach her. So the spirit of lust. I'm talking about two people that had an encounter with Jesus, but I tell you what, they were transformed. They were changed. Okay? They were transformed and they were changed. You're so really... Today, I want to talk about, you know, encounter with Jesus. What happens when a person has an encounter with Jesus? What happens when divinity meets humanity? Okay, when God meets, yeah, or Jesus meets with a human being? What happens when the Messiah meets with a sinner? What happens when a thirsty and a dry person drinks from the water of life? Now, before I talk about yeah, uh, in detail about how this Samaritan woman was changed as a result of her encounter with Jesus, or as a result of drinking from that eternal water that Jesus was actually offering her, let me talk a bit about some important information yeah, about the Jews and the Samaritans. I believe, okay, that you know, uh, Jews and Samaritans and the story and, uh, you know, the history is known to so many of us. But, yeah, let me just yeah, bring some of the things that I believe. Okay? Just a bit information about the Jews and Gentiles so that we can really have a clear understanding about the love of Jesus that he was able to reach down, okay, to this Samaritan woman. Now, the, the, the problem that exists between Jews uh, and the Arabs, as we all understand today, is very similar, okay, to the problem that exists 2,000 years ago between the Jews and the Samaritans. In Jesus' days, Jews to travel to Samaria, it was not recommended. Okay? It's not recommended. It was because of racial discrimination. It was because of ethnic discrimination. Or let me put it in another term or another way. Jesus, the Jews hated Samaritans and the Samaritans hated the Jews. There was a strong hatred between themselves. They, they are not able to associate with one another. I don't know whether you have experienced that kind. You know, when somebody hates you and, or maybe you hate somebody, you're not able to come together. It's more like, you know, the opposite side of a magnet, you know, like... You know, one side attracts, but on the other side, you know, you know, in your spirit, your system does not connect to somebody. I don't know whether you've experienced that. Yeah, maybe only in the Solomon Islands or in Fiji, but. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, the Samaritans, they cannot come together. They cannot associate with one another because of racial and ethnic yeah, differences that they have with one another. But the interesting thing about John chapter 4, as we read this morning, is we find Jesus in Samaritan territory. We find Jesus drinking the Samaritan water and talking to a Samaritan woman. 
And this woman is a woman who had already had five husbands and is living with a man she's not married to. This is the interesting thing about John chapter 4. We find Jesus in Samaritan territory, drinking Samaritan water and talking to a Samaritan woman. For me, when I look at this man, this is why Jesus is so amazing to me. This is why Jesus is so different and so, yeah, so different to me. Jesus is not that religious person who only confined to his locality or to his boundary. He's not that greedy religious person who only focuses on himself and his needs with no concern on other people's problems and needs. This is why Jesus is different, church. He's not that religious person who only confined to his own locality or local or boundary, who only think about himself, but he think about the needs of others and the needs of community. And I am so touched about, you know, Ella and the, the team talking about one of our brothers leaving us. Okay, and that's all about Jesus. Okay, it's about Jesus. It's about having concern for others. Jesus was able to cross any boundary naturally. Some of us, we struggle. We struggle to cross boundary. But Jesus have no problem. It's natural for him. He's able to cross any boundary naturally. And he's able to ignore the cultural differences, the racial differences, so that he can penetrate into the hearts of humans as he did to the Samaritan woman. Church, don't you know that you have a Jesus-like ministry? I'm talking to the Dural Church this morning, community and family. Don't you know that you have a Jesus-like ministry? You are actually crossing over boundary of race and ethnics to touch many hearts and lives when you're involved with Nepal, when you're involved with the indigenous Australians, and also when you're involved with the Solomon Islands. You are actually involving in a kingdom and a Jesus, your sword of ministry. I know that you have your own needs, but you're also concerned about the needs of others. The woman in Saika, or this Samaritan woman, getting back to this, this woman, you know, she was so surprised that Jesus would even talk to her based on two things. One is culture. Two is religion. This woman was so surprised that Jesus could talk to her. It was inappropriate, and culturally, it was inappropriate for a man to talk to a woman in public or a man to talk to someone's wife privately or publicly. So different from, you know, the other cultures. You know, your culture, Western culture, it's so different. Okay? But the Jewish culture... That's not allowed for a man, okay? Or even the Samaritan, it's not allowed for a man to, to talk or converse with a woman. And religiously, to the Jews, Samaritans, okay, were, uh, they were half-breeds. And um, they were not like pure Jews, okay? They were half-breeds. So the Jews treated them as pagans. So they try as much to stay away from them. So this is why this woman you know, was 
surprise based on those two things. But Jesus crossed every social taboo to meet with this woman. A lot of Jews or many Jews, they have to go around Samaria. But Jesus, who is pure and holy, he did not harbor any hatred toward the Samaritans. He went through Samaria. Someone okay, might ask, was this meeting accidental? This morning I want to say that I believe okay, that meeting was not accidental. It was not circumstantial. But it was, a div it was divine when we understand that Jesus was always moved and led by the Holy Spirit. If we understand that Jesus has always been led by the Holy Spirit, yeah, his meeting with a Samaritan woman was divine. It was God's appointment with this woman. This woman actually was a woman in need. And the thing about this woman is this, she lived in a community, but nobody noticed and discerned the needs that she had. Very interesting, okay, in the conversation that Jesus had with this woman, this woman actually switched the conversation to the subject of worship after Jesus asked her to go and bring her husband. It shows that this woman is a religious woman. Right? Jesus said, you Samaritans, worship. So when Jesus asked her to go and bring her husband, she switched the conversation to worship. She is a religious woman. Maybe she entered tabernacle. Or she go to, the, I mean, if it's church, maybe she go to church in and out many different times. But nobody noticed the problems she carried with her. They condemn her. All they do was criticizing her. This woman was religious. But Jesus did not come for us to become religious. Actually, Jesus came to seek worshipers. Religious and a worshiper is different. This woman was a religious I mean, woman. But her lifestyle okay, does not, because her lifestyle does not. She talks about God and the place of worship and all those stuff. But when you look at her lifestyle, it's totally different. That's why I said she's not a worshiper. She's a religious person. But the thing is this, church, this woman, like I said, okay, is a woman with many problems, but her many problems were solved the day she had this encounter with Jesus. Her many problems were solved the day she drank from the water of life. The story says that Jesus being wearied from his journey. I like this part because it really brings out, okay, the humanity of Jesus. Jesus is 100% God and 100% man at the same time. He's not hybrid. Just like when he was in the boat, he was sleeping, he was tired, he was hungry, he was thirsty. He's a man. He's pure God and pure man at the same time. But the story says that Jesus was wearied from his journey. So he was sitting by the well. And the disciples, actually, they went to the city to look for some food. Okay, so on the sixth hour, this woman came to draw water at the well. At the sixth hour. Normally twice each day, women came yeah, in the morning and in the evening. They came to draw water at the well. But this woman came at noon. The reason why she came at noon, because she wanted to avoid people, because people knew her reputation in the community, knew everything about her. 
She came at noon because of shame. Shame of herself. And maybe shame of others. She came at noon because she carried guilt in her life every day. She came at noon because there was no friend. Yeah, she had no friend. She came at noon to draw water because she was unwanted in the society. She came at noon at the wrong time. No company, no woman accompanied her because she felt strong rejection from others. She was a subject of conversation. People gossiped about her. Gossip is a big thing. I grew up in Fiji. And we always say that only women gossip. But today I tell you even men. Worse. <laughs> I mean I grew up in Fiji. I always hear only women gossip. But today I tell you one. Oh man. Some men are worse. In gossiping. Yes, so <laughs> maybe she was a subject of conversation. People gossip about her and people regarded her as dirty and sinful. She carried a heavy load with her. I don't know how many of us sitting down here this morning, you are like this woman. I don't know. Maybe you're sitting here this morning, your life is like this Samaritan woman. You need to drink from the water of life. You need to drink from the water of life. There's nowhere else where you can be delivered from your many loads or problems that you have here within you. It's only when you come and drink from Jesus Christ. The burden she carried was made light. The chain of lust was broken. The chain of addiction was broken when this particular sinful woman meets the Messiah, Jesus Christ, who came into the world to save humanity from our sins. See, when the divinity meets humanity, something supernatural happens, church. Change and transformation happens. Is that what you want? Is that what you want for your children? Is that what you want for your community? Is that what you want for, for Australia? We want change. We want transformation. Change and transformation happens when your divinity have this encounter or this divine God meets with us human beings. Jesus actually, when he was talking to this woman, he was actually offering something called living water. Jesus was offering, selling, you know, it was marketing. <laughs> Actually, he's a representative of the kingdom of God. And he's here to, you know, to market kingdom stuff. Yeah, he's here to market kingdom things. And kingdom stuff is living water, eternal water. Jesus offers her a spring of water welling up inside her, offering eternal life. I believe, okay, that is what we want. That is what we want. Okay. That if that is what we want, that we need to respond, to respond to Jesus Christ and receive yeah, that water that he is offering. I see Jesus, you know, it's just amazing as, I, you know, as you try to understand the story, you can understand that Jesus was a good communicator. Hey, Jesus is a good communicator. You know, sometimes we find it hard to communicate. No, sometimes I find it hard to communicate something. Okay? 
But Jesus is a good communicator. You know, he take this lady from her everyday problem to her physical thirst, yeah, to her everyday perspective, okay? This woman has so many different perspectives. The issues between the Jews and the Samaritans. Jesus took her through the craving for satisfaction, even her spiritual thirst. Now, when she got her attention, okay, verse 13 to verse 15 says, Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst indeed. The water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to her, said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to come here, coming here to draw water. And Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come back. After Jesus sold this yeah, I mean, kingdom stuff about eternal water. This woman was desperate to receive yeah, what Jesus was offering her. She wants to receive this water. But Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come back. Go call your husband and come back. Jesus could have offered the water straight away, but he didn't. Jesus could have offered the water when she says, keep me. Give me that water. Jesus could have given the water straight away, but he didn't. I ask myself, why? Why didn't Jesus offer the water straight away? Jesus knew that this woman was living in sin. Jesus knew. But Jesus was coming to her in a loving way, not a judgmental way, not a condemning way. Jesus was coming to her in a very very loving way. Jesus knew that this woman was living in sin. And Jesus wants this woman to deal yeah, with that. And Jesus knew, I believe, okay, if he yeah, gave the water and the woman still live in sin, the water will not become a well okay, that springs to eternal life. The water will never turn to a river. This is why Jesus said to her, go and call your husband. Go and call your husband. So Jesus actually was really wanting to deal yeah, with her. Okay, Confront her with a life that she was living. But in a loving way. In a loving way. And the woman could feel the love that comes from Jesus. And maybe that's why she was really responding positively yeah, to Jesus. Nobody talked to her like the way Jesus talked to her. And I believe, okay, church, there are many people out there. It's not only in the church, but there are many people out there who are living a life here like the Samaritan woman. No friend. Okay, I talked about what this woman, okay, have in her life. So many things. But I believe, okay, that there are people out there in the world that needs the same thing that Jesus was offering to this woman. Jesus was offering her this water of life. Yeah, and um, yeah, I just want to, yeah, I mean, close this morning. I just want to close this morning, okay, with this, um, with this verse uh, in John chapter 7, verse 37 to 38, okay. I just want to close yeah, this morning. And uh, this is uh, really a challenge for us that are here this morning uh, as believers, as church. Um, this is really uh, a challenge for us. I've been talking about this woman. But I believe, okay, uh, the reason why, you know, you have, uh, you receive this water is not only for yourself. 
No, the water that you receive from Jesus is eternal. Yeah, it's a river. It's not only for yourself. It's for the community. It's for others who are out there. Very important because Jesus is no longer with us, no longer in the world physically. But as children of God, we are ambassadors of the kingdom of God here on earth. We represent Jesus here on earth. Jesus is not going to come and meet other Samaritan women or Dural women or whatever woman. Sinful people, whatever. You and I, okay, we are here on earth to be representative of Jesus Christ. So I believe most of you that are here this morning, you've already drank from that river. You've experienced transformation in your life. You had your encounter with Jesus. But the challenge for you is this. Do you have a concern for others out there? Do you have a concern for your children? Do you have a concern for your family? Do you have a concern for your neighbor? We talk about a man. Jesus Christ, he was not religious. He was able to cross every boundary. Ethnic, race, he was able to cross for the purpose of giving water to those who are in need. Look at this verse. It says, on the last and the greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Anyone who is thirsty, come to me and drink. You see, you can only desire for water if you are thirsty. If you're not thirsty, I don't think you need water. It's only when you are thirsty that you need water. But Jesus was talking to this yeah, group of people, addressing these people. He said, on the last and the greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow, flow from within them. Rivers of living water will flow from within them. Actually, in the context, it was talking about the Holy Spirit. But I believe, okay, this is a real challenge for us as a church this morning. Yeah, Jesus says here, yeah, whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, whoever drinks from me, whoever drinks, okay, if we put it another way, I believe it means the same thing, to believe or to drink from him, yeah, whoever drinks yeah, in me, in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow, flow from within them. So I just want to leave this uh, message here with us this morning, church. And it's a powerful story. It's a powerful story about how this Samaritan woman, as we all understand, you know, the condition of her life, she was yeah, a woman that nobody wants to associate with her. She is a woman that has been rejected. It's more like the story of Zacchaeus, that I, you know, as I always talk about, sycamore tree. It's more like Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, nobody want to be with him. Nobody want to be associated with him. Zacchaeus, he was a tax collector. He was a wealthy tax collector. He, working, he was a Jew working for the Roman government. Yeah, he was wealthy. To be wealthy is not wrong. It's God's no blessing for you to be wealthy. But when you are wealthy in a wrong way like Zacchaeus, he was a corrupted guy. He was a corrupted tax collector. Yes, some of the money go to the, yeah, to the government, some money go to his pocket or to his account. Okay? But the interesting thing about Zacchaeus is this, 
when yeah, Jesus was coming to the place where Zacchaeus was, you know, Jesus was popular. He was famous. You know, anybody who become famous and popular, everybody wants to see him or see her. I remember a couple of years ago, Kate and Willem, Willem and Kate, Kate and Willem, yeah, they came to the Solomon Island. And everybody was looking for desperate, okay, just to go to the roadside early in the morning. Some have to leave early. I don't know whether they have breakfast or not, but just, yeah, just to have a glimpse of Kate yeah, and Willem. Actually, the resort that I went to was the resort where Kate and Willem yeah, um, spent time in, the Solomon, in, in that resort. But what I'm saying is that when, you know, when you become famous, everybody wants to, you know, to see you. But Jesus was famous. His famous is based on his teaching, the miracles that he performed, and all other stuff that he was doing, okay? So people just want to see him. Okay? So when he came, everybody wants to see him. The crowd, so many people in the midst of the crowd were this short guy. He was wealthy, but he was short. Okay? So he was trying his best yet to see Jesus, to have a glimpse of Jesus. But he was not able because he was so short. Sarkis knew every junction and every road and said, oh, if Jesus goes this way, I will run ahead of everyone. So he actually ran ahead of everybody and he climbed the sycamore tree. That was his place of encounter with Jesus on that sycamore tree. Okay? So the interesting thing about, as I look at the sycamore tree, you know, Jesus was coming. And as he came to the sycamore tree, he looked up, I believe as God, he knew Zacchaeus. He knew just like he knew the Samaritan woman and the life that she was living. She knew. I mean, Jesus knew about the person who was at the sycamore tree. But what touched me most is this. If you know who Jesus is, Jesus is God. The Bible says in him dwells the fullness of God. He is Emmanuel. He is the king of his own kingdom. But what touched me most is this. Jesus stood still. He stood still under the sycamore tree. And he called Zacchaeus. He did not say, thief, come down. But he says, Zacchaeus, come down. And he says, today I want to be in your house. When you think about the house of Zacchaeus, the bed that he lie on, stolen stuff. The chair that he sit on, maybe stolen. He was a corrupt guy. Right? The food maybe he put on the table. But I like what Jesus says. Jesus doesn't care about yeah, that house. It was a sinful house. It was a dirty house. I don't think any religious leader would love to be in that house. But Jesus says, today I want to be in that house. That house is a picture of your life and my life. That house is a picture of our heart. No matter how dirty and how messy our life is, Jesus still wants to come in. He still wants to come into your heart and my life. When that happens... Transformation happened just like on the day, yeah, when they were having that meal. Zacchaeus stood up, and this is what he says Half of my belonging I give to the poor. Transformation happened. A wealthy person like Zacchaeus, I tell you, it's hard for him to give. But on that day, he says, Half of my belonging I give to the poor. But to those that I cheated, to those that I victimized, to those that I offended, I'll give four times. That's restitution. But that happens as a result, yeah, of transformation. Somebody have this encounter with Jesus. Not only meeting with Jesus, but drinking from this water that Jesus was offering. I tell you what, church, your life will be different. Your family will be different. 
your community will be different. Australia will be different if we all drink from this water that Jesus is offering to us. Let me pray. Gracious, loving Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you, Father, this morning. We thank you, God, for your word. We thank you, Father, for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, to be everything to us. We thank you for his love, his unending love. Father, Lord, we live in society where there's so many rejection. We live in society, oh God, where people are being let down and put down, Father. There's so many isolation, oh God. There's no community. There's no relationship. Father, Lord, we live in this world, in this generation, oh God. Father, Lord, we choose just to be, Lord, sometimes, oh God, we, Lord, we, 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 oh God, we, we, we oh Father God, we think that we are good and and uh, Father, Lord, and uh, we, we do not want to be connected. We think that we are holy and stuff like that, oh God. And we do not want to be connected to people. But Jesus, thank you that this morning you set us an example of, oh God, how can we impact the world? How can we change the world? How, Lord, we can interact with those who are, Lord, like this Lord Samaritan woman, living in sin, living under condemnation and criticism and so forth. This morning, oh God, you teach us, oh God, Father, Lord, to become like you. And I want to thank you for this church. I want to thank you, God, for the engagement and, Lord, the involvement of God. Lord, Father, Lord, God, with the ministries that you blessed them with, oh God. Father, I just want to thank you. And I pray this morning, oh God, Father, for whoever, Lord, may be listening this morning. Maybe, Father, God, going through, oh God, so much in their life, looking for solution. Just like this Samaritan woman. I pray, oh God, that, Father, this morning, that they will understand the only solution is Jesus Christ. If only we run to you, Jesus Christ. If only we surrender and open our life and receive from you, God. Lord, this is when, oh Father, we will be satisfied. Today, Lord, people are running and craving for satisfaction. True satisfaction can only be found in you, God. This woman, oh God, Father, Lord, she was transformed. She was, Lord God, transformed. Her life was changed, oh God. She was satisfied. Father, thank you, God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. I pray for this. Lord, church of God, and every individual that are here, that as we listen to your word of God this morning, we go out, Father Lord, being blessed. Father Lord, as we, Lord, hear your word this morning. Father, this is our prayer. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen.